when you think of the love of like the universe creating these plants to put on your plate and then it's just like the taste of nature and there's so many different components and so many different elements yes yeah, like just do it but i do it with more love than i've ever had for anything in my life because i have so best back to gratitude i have so much appreciation for food and have so much appreciation for flavors and i i don't want to just drink like soylent green every day just because i have like all my nutrients if i'm not exciting like all of my senses so i feel like all 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 of the senses have to be fully enveloped when you eat like a cuisine or eat a meal or something and i uh, really like evoking all the senses Hi, friends, and welcome back to Curiously Wise, Practical Spirituality in Action. I'm your host, Lauren Whitting, and I have this incredible person here today. Let me tell you about Chef Dom. She says in her bio, she says, Hi, guys, Chef Dom here, award-winning vegan chef from El Paso, Texas. I have been cooking for 20 years and been vegan for 10, and now it's time for me to fly, and you're going to learn about that in this conversation. I am giving up my home and everything I own to cook at the Vegan Street Fair in nine major cities. And she says, by the time you see this, I'll already be on the road. And in fact, she's already on the road today. <laughs> so please follow along with her journey. I'll we'll give you the how of that later. And welcome, Dom. I'm so happy to have a chance for another conversation with you because we had a we had a couple of weeks ago we got to get to know each other. So welcome, welcome. Hi, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and we did have a great conversation the other day, so I'm really glad that we have an opportunity to put that energy out there. Yeah, yeah. I love these conversations. So as this gets to, to YouTube, people will be able to see that you are actually sitting in your car. My car camper. That is right. Yeah. Right. So, yes. so let's, because it's in your, it, we've already mentioned this vegan street fair tour, and you told me just before we got on that you have driven nine hours today on the first leg of this adventure that you're on. So let's, let's just start with that since it's so right here uh, at the beginning of everything. How did you come to be on the road for the vegan journey? Well, that's a great question. Let's breathe on it for a second and mm -hmm. let's think about this. So I've been a vegan chef for the last 10 years. You're out of El Paso. I am out of El Paso, yes. Award-winning vegan chef from El Paso. I actually got an award for most unique fish and second most votes for best in the city. So I'm really happy with that. But also, I feel like I've already reached the top in my community in a sense of like being in the markets and being part of that. And so last October, after I got my heart broken, I was just like, what am I going to do with my life? And I just really wanted to turn it into something positive. And so because I didn't have like any strings or anything attached to anybody anymore, I was like, okay, it's time to fly. And there's a reference on the bio, like it's already time to fly, but we're going to be taking steps out of the nest throughout this conversation today. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I am not going to hold me back. Like, what do I got to lose? And so I applied for the vegan street fair, which is the world's largest vegan street fair. And so it was then it was in Los Angeles last October 8th and 9th. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do this. And so I applied. I got accepted. I was the only vegan chef from Texas that actually went to that festival. And that was exactly like the dive that I needed to take this next step into my career, not only to like elevate myself, but to also elevate my cuisine and then be able to bring it back home. 
I'm now not only did I reach like the top in El Paso, now I'm reaching out for like the top in the world. I'm going to the world's largest vegan street fest. And I was so well received and the people were so lovely. And it was just such a great like energetic connection. And everything was just so beautiful that I've been invited back to do the tour. And that's what leads us to where we're at today is that it's not just like going to LA on a weekend and then coming back. This is a tour over the next nine months in nine major cities. And so I really just like tuned into myself and I really figured out like, this is what I want to do. This is what I've always wanted to do. And always, even if I have like visions or dreams, I always see myself like on the road or with like the tailgate open and my feet hanging out the trunk and just looking at all these beautiful things that were created for us to see. And I'm not seeing them if I'm stuck behind four walls. Yeah. And for it was a really good motivation for me to be like, I really want to do this, but how am I going to do this? And then I just, I, I just came to a point where I just had so much faith in myself and in my higher self and in the universe. And I was like, well, what do I have to lose? I'm already losing my home. Like I've already lost my partner. I've already had like awful things happen to me. And so like at this point, it could only go up from here. And that's when I made the decision. Like, you know what? I don't need to be paying a rent payment. I don't need to be having like all of this overhead and all these expenses if I really just want to travel. And I'm so blessed that Vegan Street Fair gave me a chance last October because that chance has completely like catapulted myself and what I'm going to be able to do for the universe and for the greater good through the means of food. Love it. Love it. So I love that that you you had this vision of yourself and you didn't seem to know how that was going to come about. But the universe Ooh. provides, right? <laughs> Right. It's not like once you have, you start with a destination in mind mm -hmm. and then the journey reveals itself along the way, but yes. you have to be brave enough to commit to the destination and not worry about what's going to happen along the way or what route are you going to take or like whatever, right. like, who knew I was going to be in Oklahoma today? Like, yeah. I had no idea. I just made a decision and I trusted. And every single day when I would meditate, I would always tell the universe, like, okay, I received what you've given me. I'm ready to receive more gifts. I'm ready to take the next step. And even if that step is unknown to me, whatever your path you put in front of me, I'm all yours. Please take me. I'm your messenger. I'm your passenger. So whatever I'm here to do, I'm just going to follow the wind the way that it blows. Yes. And I love just to, to, to highlight something you said a minute ago, that you had your eye on the prize. You wanted to have this traveling life. You love being a chef that so you followed that little trail in october in october of last year but you have to be willing to let it happen right you have and then you have to receive it you have to say yes you have, to, you have to then take action right right you know like one of the hardest things about people is learning how to receive graciously like a lot of people want to give and they want to put their heart out there, but it's so difficult. And like, that's one of the last barriers that we have to break down in order to have like compassion and have like, you know, a hive mind of like community. Mm -hmm. The last barrier that we have to break down is a barrier to be able to receive. And until you come to a point in yourself where you're comfortable receiving and you feel worthy of receiving and you're like, okay, yeah, like you want to give me a gift? I don't want to be like, oh, are you sure? No, thank you. Like, right. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't need it. <laughs> yeah, no, like, because that person is giving that gift from their heart. 
And that's the same way you would feel if you were to give someone a gift and they were to reject it and be like, no, no, thank you. And it's like, no, like I have I'm, like we have to feel worthy of these gifts. But the more we start to recognize that, the more gifts start to come into our path. Yes. Yeah. So this is part of manifesting. And it's something that I resisted the receiving for a long time. I've really tuned in on, oh, yeah, we got to receive, we got to receive, and then we have to take action. We can't, we can manifest. I, I manifest like crazy for other people, but I, I have yet to get really good at manifesting it for myself. There's places I do, but it's that, that being willing to receive and thank you, gratitude for it is a great way to, to help yourself receive it. And then taking action. So I love that you have just completely followed your, your faith in the universe that it would all unfold the way it's meant to. And you just had to take the first step and then keep taking right. more steps. <laughs> and am I scared? Yes, I'm terrified. Mm-hmm. But fearlessness comes with practice. Right. Fearlessness is not something like, am I scared? Yes. But am I brave? Yes, also. Mm-hmm. I can be multifaceted and I have to choose bravery over fear. Because the fear of what I'm doing is so much less scary than not doing anything. Mm. Yeah. 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 And the fear is often, well, I would, I would dare say always the ego trying to keep us safe, but in, by containing us. So uh-huh. fear keeps us stuck where we are. And that's sort of the devil you know is but easier than the devil you don't, you know, because oh. I know what this life is like, but I don't know what that life out there is going to be like. And oh. so I, I commend you for really being brave and stepping into this amazing journey that you're taking. So, yeah, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's no small thing to take those steps. It's, I mean, even when it's a gift from the universe, it can be very scary, right? Out- absolutely absolutely like i feel like like you know and you and i had talked about this previously but there let's just say like there was just like this whole whirlwind of like energy that just like came through my house and like you know kind of tried to destroy me and everything that was meant to destroy me turned me into a being but that point that i went through over the last couple years is where so many people will just toss their hands in the air and they'll just be like, I give up, I can't do this anymore. And for a long time, I thought that I was like, you know what, like, as long as I get through this boss level, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And I always thought that the light at the end of the tunnel was the finish line. Yeah. And now I'm here, I realize that the light at the end of the tunnel is the starting line. I'm just getting started, but I had to overcome all these adversities and all these challenges to an, a super like a crazy point where there's so much stuff that has happened that a lot of people would have just been like i give yeah. up i can't do that you know right right but some i think that the universe is often trying to get our attention and the, the more we resist then the the louder the universe gets <laughs> and it's why we get like in writing we have what we call the the dark night of the soul that you're protagonist has to go through where they just hit rock bottom everything is lost they don't see any way forward and then there's some epiphany like oh i could just get rid of everything and go on the road (laughs) i don't have to stay in this life i can choose to change it um and so that's for me because i write i have written novels that pattern of storytelling is um very meaningful to me and in AA, they talk about, you know, hitting rock bottom. It's the same idea. 
um, that sometimes you have to just, it has to get so bad that you stop resisting the, the alternative, you know? I agree. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. But one thing I would like to add on to that is that <laughs> a lot of people think that when they hit rock bottom, that it's only going to happen once in their life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then that's something also that you need to like expand your consciousness with and expand your growth with is like every single time you hit rock bottom, it may not be the same as the last rock bottom you hit, but that's that clarity moment. That's the time where we learn because we learn in a time of turmoil. We don't learn in a time of happiness. And so we have so many rock bottoms that people normally will just single out one event and be like, this is the worst event that ever happened to me. But then when you look at it in retrospect, like everything at the moment has been the worst thing ever. But the nuggets and the knowledge that have come out of those moments mean like, okay, like if I have to hit rock bottom again, which I'm sure I will, because I'm probably only halfway through my life at this point, <laughs> um, I'm sure I'll hit rock bottom many more times, probably a couple times a year. Well, but yeah, because I've learned how to hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. I think, too, that you'll find that because you'll recognize what's happening faster, you know, you've mm -hmm. been through it, you'll recognize the signs and you'll you'll change direction sooner. So I'm your great. rock bottom probably won't be as bad as the previous one. So each one gets a little bit easier. I, I will say that I've got I had a horrific time with my mother in her last few years. And I thought that I would never come out of that. But coming out of that, now I, when I start to feel the anxiety or that overwhelm that I was feeling dealing with her with dementia and, and a narcissist, um, I recognize it now. It's like, oh, there's that mom thing again. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to face it. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to acknowledge it and I'm going to let it go and I can move on. So each time I get another, oh, there's a mom thing. I get quicker at it and I get and it gets easier to just go, oh, I don't need that anymore. I can let it go. So I think you'll find the same with these the, with these dark nights of the soul or the rock bottom is that, yet you know, life is a roller coaster, but it doesn't always dip as far down as it did before. So that's true. But also does it not dip down because we're stronger at, you know, everyone's got that one dark night, you know, and mm -hmm. it's like. Like, is it because now we're noticing patterns and we can get out of it quicker? Yes. The same pattern keeps circling itself. Yes. And that's the same thing with humanity. That's why history has repeated itself over and over and over because one of these times we're finally going to get it right. 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 And right. We, it's the same thing. That's the black horse. And it's so consistent and it's so in pattern and it's so in sync with like everything we've ever been through. Everyone's yeah. dark night is always the same. It's just like, like that roller coaster. But yeah. also, Maybe the dips aren't going as low because we've been fighting it for right. so long. Yes. Yeah. I think of healing as as being like a spiral. You know, you start down here where you're not awake and you don't understand how energy works or you don't understand that there's something bigger than yourself and you're dealing with that. And then you work through that some way, maybe a therapist, maybe you find a healer or, you know, you, whatever. And then it comes back. It may not come back in the same form, but the same lesson comes back. But now you... Like you said, you're you're a little more knowledgeable. You're a little you're like, oh, I've seen this before, and it still may take some time to get through. But then, so you get through it, and and then it comes back again, and you're like, oh, I know what this is, and and it keeps coming. And the only time that I I have reached finally reached now I'm almost sixty three, finally reached with my mom's stuff, where I see it coming, and it's like, okay, I don't have to I don't have to do that anymore. I acknowledge it. Let's okay, we'll move on. 
And when you can get to there where you don't even have to feel the feels, you can just acknowledge that, okay, this is still part of that pattern and I'm going to do the work to let it go and move on. It happens really fast and it's really easy. Um, but it takes, it takes education to get there, unfortunately. Yeah. And then facing that black demon, which is something yes. that so many people are scared of, is actually facing that and being like, you know, what did I do in this situation? What could I do better? Like, you know, like you were saying on your podcast the other day, the only thing we can control was our reactions. So then when it circles around, you're like, I might not have acted right last time. How am I going to act this time? And so, you know, but that's part of growth and evolution. And there's a lot of people that can't be like that part of it because of like the shame or guilt or whatever they carry with them by facing these black horses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The problem is we, if we don't face them, and believe me, I resisted. <laughs> it was the queen of resistance for a long time. <laughs> but if we don't face them, then they end up creating pain, disease, you know, depression, all those kinds of things within the body because our body's trying to help us understand we got to deal with this. And there's only so long it can hold it without having a negative reaction to it. So it's, or uh, let's call it an uncomfortable reaction. <laughs> Well, reaction. That's good. Where we change our vernacular to yeah. more positive. Yeah. yeah, every external is an in, is from an internal manifestation, of course, and it has to come out some way. You know, however it comes out, right. is an external manifestation. Right, right. So, how long have you been on your what you would consider your spiritual path? Since I was about twenty three, and I'm thirty five now. Okay, so it's been a while. Yeah. 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 But I can remember being as a kid, like always being different and just being like very intuitive and being able to just like, I've never seen the world through the eyes of someone that is conditioned in that sense. Like, mm -hmm. I've always seen the world through like unconditioned eyes. And so I've always been grateful for like my higher perspective. And I just really started to embrace it in my, in my early twenties, I started to embrace it a lot more and realized that it was like a gift and realized that mm -hmm. once you see the world through these eyes, you can never unsee it. So then it's your responsibility at that point to turn the gift into something that is for the greater good. Yeah. So that brings us to cooking. Okay. So, let's cook. Let's cook. I am a late in life cook. I waited until everybody moved out of my house. <laughs> my kids were off on their own. And we had multiple dietary issues in, in our four-person family. So it was not an easy one to, to cook for. But my husband and I, in an effort to improve our health as we've been moving through middle age, we've really uh, started cooking a lot more and trying to eat better quality food and those sorts of things. So you come to it much earlier in life than I had, certainly. So what is it about being a chef that you love? Well, I've always loved cooking for people, but it takes it to a, a higher level of elevation for me by being a vegan chef mm -hmm. because I actually went vegan for medical reasons. And because of my change in diet, I've been cancer-free for 10 years, which is absolutely amazing. And yes. so it was actually necessary for me to save my life with food without having to go through like Western, like big pharma and things like that. And so I just did the research on my own. And at first I thought it was, you know, it was really sad. I was thinking I would have to eat a salad every day. Who wants to do that? And they have to go to culinary school. And then, then that's when I realized like, no, Dom, like you have the, 
you have the skills, you have the taste, you have the talent, you have the texture. I have everything that I need to compose a dish. And so it made it so important to me to not give up the food that I love to still be able to save my life. And so if I was craving chicken wings, I wanted chicken wings, I wanted birds, I wanted pizza. And so my personal mission was to replicate all the foods that I love. That way I can have both and never have to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And so after I learned and after I have been able to cure like my medical issues, and then let me say like a disclaimer, I am not a doctor. I'm just telling my personal story and what worked for me. Right. Uh, and hopefully someone could find inspiration off of that. But please make sure that you do check with someone uh, if you yes, are going to come down on. And for me, it was wonderful. And I lost weight. I've been able to maintain a healthy weight. And overall, like I just have so much more energy. I have also, it, it's turned me into such a more like compassionate being because at first the veganism thing to me was because of health. And I know there's a lot of vegans that go vegan for the animals. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was something that was developed over time. And so now I'm a greatly, like highly compassionate being, but it, you know, it was like I was a meat eater growing up. And so now to be able to spread that education and bust all the vegan myths and tell people like, don't worry, you get enough protein. Don't worry. It's not the most expensive diet out there. And then to be able to like service people in a way that is not only impactful for what they're eating, but it's also impactful for their health and their future and their family and all their ailments. And uh, just to be able to teach people that they can help themselves through what they eat. We are what we eat and we are what we ingest. And I really feel like I'm a huge catalyst in this movement because I am making things that are like not your typical vegan items, but it's important for me to have like the full balance of wearing my heart on my plate, but also taking like pride in what you consume as a human and what you're putting in your body. And so I think it's really important for me to get that message out there. Yeah, that's, I mean, food is the original medicine, right? Of course. And and we have really messed up, if I can say it in a kinder way than I want to say, <laughs> our food industry. I mean, it's, it's, it is an industry. It's a business. It's, and I know farming has always been a, a business, but it, yeah, it's just, I, I, we eat a lot of salads. We are not vegan, but we eat a lot of salads. We started, my husband started growing a, a garden, an organic garden last year for the first time. And we loved being able to go out and pick our salad stuff every day. You know, it was awesome. Um, and so we're getting ready to do that again. But I, I, you know, we eat the same eight or 10 plants every day. I mean, it's just, just not much variety. Um, and I love tomatoes and I won't buy them anymore because they don't taste like tomatoes anymore. Even, even the organic ones are, you know, not very tasty unless, unless they're really fresh off the vine. But so it's, it's, it's no wonder that we have so many sort of chronic illnesses now when what should be good medicine for us has become bad for us. So I, I really honor you for what you're doing because I think it's really important that we, we learn to eat better and, and then we can get better. You know, we can put pressure on the suppliers <laughs> to, to, to provide better food. <laughs> so, so what is your... What's your favorite dish that you cook for yourself? Like you're like a comfort dish for you. I really love me some biscuits and gravy. Mm. 
That's a good comfort dish for me. But man, I live, I live, I live in El Paso. So I really love Mexican food and a lot of Mexican food is heavy on cheese. So mm-hmm. I really like making my own cheese for like chile relleno. I oh, love prawns. Wow. Oh man, they're so good. I think about them now. <laughs> I'm so killer with Mexican food. Pasole de menu, tacos. Mm-hmm. Like Mexican as a category would be my specialty, but comfort would be biscuits and gravy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I would have a hard time giving up cheese because a grilled cheese sandwich is my, it's like my comfort food. It's been my comfort food my whole life. Yeah, so. But maybe I could, I could try yours, <laughs> your, your cheese. Um, all right. So talk a little bit about how you bring this very spiritual aspect of you, of you, of your being into that food as you're creating it. Are you consciously thinking about you know, putting love in the food or is it just sort of the way that you do it? I'm just interested in, in the intersection of of these things in your life. A little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. And there definitely is that intersection there because I always do it with love. There's no option then to not do it with love, but also I just do it because <laughs> love is so inherent in me that I'm able to put my love on a plate by just doing it. But it is enveloped with so much love like that's my strongest chakra that is like everything that I have for this world and the only way I'm going to make a change is by giving my love and you know even if in past lives I've sang or I've been an artist before or anything like that like the only way I'm ever going to change this world is through food because everyone has to eat and so when you think of the love of like universe creating these plants to put on your plate and then it's just like the taste of nature and there's so many different components and so many different elements yes i just do it but i do it with more love than i've ever had for anything in my life because i have so best back to gratitude i have so much appreciation for food and have so much appreciation for flavors and I, I don't want to just drink like soylent green every day just because i have like all my nutrients if i'm not exciting like all of my senses so i feel like all 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 of the senses have to be fully enveloped when you eat like a cuisine or eat a meal or something and i really like evoking all the senses so as you're saying that it reminds me that one of the challenges for those of us who've been you know connecting with the universe or aware of the energy around us and stuff is the challenge of being present in the body in the human body I know as I was starting on this and, and even when I'm often when I'm working with clients, I'm having so much fun playing up in the energy, but I'm not really present in my body. And so what as you're talking about all the senses that you like to invoke with your food or evoke with your food, I'm not sure what the right word is there, but what a lovely way to bring all of that energetic love into the physical to because we are meant to be here as physical people. We came in here to have a human experience. And so the fact that so many of us would rather not be here, you know, it's like, well, we can't ascend until we master the human experience. Yes, we, exactly. We've got all these amazing ideas happening up in the universe and cosmetically, we cannot ascend until as a collective humanity, we, we solve this boss level. This is back to the levels or most people give up and that's why we're repeating ourselves. Yes. And this is the generation that's going to make a change. This is the lifetime where I will change the world. I'm going to be the next MLK and I'm going to light people. I'm going to lead people from the darkness into the light. And I'm mm-hmm. going to do it quickly at a time by wearing my heart on every single plate. Nice. Yeah. 
That is so powerful. And I can feel the difference when I cook, if I'm cooking because it's like I got to make a meal versus I'm cooking because, oh, this is going to be good. And I can't wait to see if the, you know, my, my husband likes it and or I can't wait to taste it because it's the first time I've made it. Or, you know, there's there's things that 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 get that get me high, you know, get me joyful. Joyful is the word to say. It. And that's what I'm seeing on your face as you talk about food is you've got this great grin on your face and and it lights you up. And so those kinds of things are alchemical. They're magical. That when you can bring that kind of joy to something that supports the body, supports the physical existence, we are we are doing the work of the universe there. And yes. and so it's I just I'm I'm really enjoying like finding the ways that everybody brings their own spiritual practice into the things that bring them joy or that that service that they like to be in. And but we also have to remember to re- receive. <laughs> Don't forget to receive, but it's a beautiful universe out there and there's so many kind-hearted people. We just need to make sure that when you reach for our kind and we manifest that energy, that way people like you and I can keep crossing paths and we Mm -hmm. can meet where we're at. We continue to grow and learn together instead of reaching out my hand back to Dom that was 50 Doms ago. Yeah. Right. Let's move forward and grow together, but that's also how we're going to grow the collective. Everyone has a different skill they bring to the table. Yes. But it's important to all come together now instead of being in competition. Only person I want to compete against is who I was yesterday. And I'll tell you, 100% better than that person. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's actually wonderful because that does propel you forward, doesn't it? Of course, of course. Yeah. I have. How can I be better than who I was yesterday? Oh my God, is it going to be a rough day? How can I be better than who I was two years ago yeah. when that was going to be the best at the time? Right. It's like best every single day. And that comes back to living in the present and being in the present. I am the best dawn that I will ever be right now in this moment. And this mm-hmm. moment might be all that I have, but I guarantee you I'm leaving a legend with me behind when I go. Yeah, I love that. So are you doing any sort of uh, a blog or travel log or something while you're on this journey? Are you are you like allowing us to peek in and see how you're doing? Yes, I would definitely encourage peek in. Thank you for asking. If anybody would like to support or just follow along on this journey and see all the amazing experiences the universe is going to be providing me, you can find me on Instagram at domsvegan.ep. And if you would like to see more extended videos, I do have a YouTube channel up as well that features the car camper build starting from the very beginning when I had no idea what I was doing till the moment I hit the road and everything in between. And that's going to be youtube.com at Dom's Vegan. So thank you so much for asking. And I'll really appreciate it if you guys uh, follow along and support my journey as we travel across the United States. I'm looking forward to it. So you are, where are you headed um, for the first stop on your trip? So I came from El Paso to Oklahoma. This was a private hire. So I'm doing personal, I'm doing private meal preps. And I'm actually teaching this lovely business owner how to create more vegan food and incorporate more vegan food in their diet. And I'll be heading back to El Paso in two days. And then from there, I will be going to Los Angeles. May, what is this? March, March, March 26th is the Los Angeles Vegan Street Fair. So that will be my next destination. Okay. All right. So I'm looking forward to it. And I know I told you that all my kids live in Seattle. So I'm I'm looking forward to connecting you. I have a son who's got serious, like life-threatening milk and, and egg allergies. So he loves to eat vegan, even though he's not 
practicing vegan. He loves it because it's safe for him. So he and his fiance have found amazing vegan restaurants all over Seattle that he didn't have access to here in the D.C. area where he was living. So they're loving that aspect of Seattle's such a foodie stop anyway. But I do I do want to make sure that they connect with you when you get there. All yeah, right. That would be absolutely amazing. All right. Do you have a book that you think is a must read book? I do. And it's one that I actually read a couple times a year. It's called You Are a Badass by Jen Cisnero. I really like that book because it's like, a you know, everyone's heard of like Napoleon Hill and all those like motivational books and stuff. Not to knock them. That's what we all like grow up on. But I really like this girl's version because she's very real with her language. She's very blunt and she's just like, yo, you're a badass, like embrace it. And she talks a lot about, you know, how the universe like pushes you to become a badass, basically. And excuse <laughs> my that's just the title of the book. But it's like the same concept as like Think and Grow Rich, but it's in such like modernized terms. And it's written by a woman that has a very good reach and like connection as far as like understanding how to talk to people in 2023 instead mm -hmm. of, you know, you know, the 1900s. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. I will add that to our reading list for this year. And you've told us where we can find you. So I think that we have come to the end of the conversation. <laughs> This was lovely. Thank you for my. Thank you so much for being part of my journey, and I'm so glad that I got to connect with you as I'm journeying out into the universe. And yes. I think it's important for people like us just to keep that connection, keep the vibrations up. Everybody that is listening, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And Lauren, thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure, and I really hope to connect with you and see you again so you can catch up. Yes, absolutely. It's my pleasure, too, which is always nice. It's a win-win there, isn't it? <laughs> That's what life is about. Always about the win. Yes, I will be watching you and, and following along on, on the various places that you are. And, and I, I can't wait to see what you do. Take lots of pictures, you know, so that you can share those with us on Instagram. I'm going to be looking forward to seeing the food. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for the food. That's I've created the perfect life for myself. And now I get to eat food all around the country and yeah. then on my scale and bring it back to my people. So yes. Yeah. What a what a wonderful journey. I'm so excited for you. And I know that you're going to just rock it. So yeah, when you maybe when you get back from your journey, we need to have another conversation and recap everything that you've learned. Oh, you're going to be talking to Dom 50 Doms from now. I'm yes. Like, I'm okay with it. I know. How cool would that be to see some more transformation? <laughs> love it we never stop growing the day i stop growing is the day i die right well safe travels to you and i want to thank all the listeners and the viewers here that have joined us for this conversation with chef dom and i hope that you will follow her too because i think it's going to be an amazing journey and uh, i hope i'll see you next time here on curiously wise practical spirituality in action and in the meantime stay curious Thank you so much for joining us today on Curiously Wise. I hope this conversation has left you feeling inspired and curious about the world around and within you. After all, curiosity is the key to growth and understanding. So keep asking questions and exploring new ideas. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and or leaving a review. It helps us be found by others. If you're curious to learn more about me or my healing practice, Heartlight Wellness, head over to my website at heartlightjoy.com. Until next time, I'm Lauren Whitty, 
Stay curious.